Alright, I, I can cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, we're recording. <laughs> leave it in. Leave it all I mean, in. No, I mean, we're not going to leave that right in. I mean, Alex, I paid, do you want to talk about your boobs? <laughs> I, mean, I paid a lot of money to get these things. <laughs> <laughs> Until my insurance started accepting it. Oh, uh, see, this is, no, this is why you have to buy them. Mm -hmm. Okay, because, like, the ones you make your own, it's not the same. <laughs> actually, no, uh, my insurance does not actually cover my estradiol. It covers everything else, not the oh, estradiol. Yeah, that's bullshit. It's pretty bullshit. Man, but, uh, you know what would be great? If everything was covered by everything. Yeah. If everything was covered by everything, yeah. Yeah, I, you know. Just cover it all. Didn't have to pay to be fucking alive. Anyway, this is a podcast called Some Nerds Have a Podcast. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Elise. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Why me. are you in my house? That's who the fuck I am. Oh, you're married no, to me. That's no! Did we buy this house together? We did. Oh, shit. Well, We're juicy, as the Gen Z would say. I'm sorry, Alex. I'm That's sorry. fine. I'm Alex. I'm the third wheel. Nice to meet you. <laughs> she used to live in our basement. What is uh, the... What was the, What did you say? The, oh, Gen Z apparently is calling millennials chuggy. What? It means, like, bougie, but in a bad way. Bougie is a bad way. Yeah. It, sounds it, was, it was already a bad way. You don't have to invent a new way. <laughs> You know what that sounds like? That sounds like those people that are trying to like store up shit between Gen Z and millennials as if we don't both don't have common goal. Yeah. Like, like, don't fall for that shit. Like we have more in common with our younger siblings than than we do with any sort of older yeah. people. No, agreed. Fair enough, fair enough. I don't know, I'm just saying, it's on the TikToks. <laughs> if you go to the TikToks, there's, there's manufactured outrage mm -hmm. at millennials being chuggy. Oh my God. Okay, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And, <laughs> and it scares you. If it's, if it's some sort of veiled criticism about me, I won't listen to it and I won't respond. <laughs> okay, Lucille Bruce. <laughs> uh, she was goals. She was goals. Let's, let's well, she was, one out she was, Yeah, she was uh, go gone before her time. I, didn't she live until like 80? Something like that. She had like but a still long and prosperous life. She does that. Like, but I'm just saying. like We, She could have lived to 100. It should, have, just, it should have been Jeffrey Tambor. All right? It should have been Jeffrey Tambor. For sure. 100%. Anyway. Hi, everybody. We Alex have, is hi. staring at us like she has no idea who we're talking about. She, we're she talking about community because you're talking no, about community. We're, oh, talking, not community. we're talking about Arrested Development. Arrested Development. That's the other one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, a completely different show from the 2000s. <laughs> what was it, it Arrested Development? Or it wasn't a community 2010s? It came out in 2009. Oh, okay. It came out in September, uh, September of 2009. Okay. Ask me how I know. <laughs> how do you know? How do you know? Because um, I remember hearing about it and being really excited for it. And I watched it in my in my dorm junior year of college. Like, I watched the premiere. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch the office episode, office episode that happened beforehand. Um, You're fine. <laughs> you know. No, but that was like a long-running joke of, like, they never peaked like the reason why they got so many early numbers is because they immediately followed the office. And so they were like, yeah, it's just like 
a bunch of all those numbers are just people that forgot to turn off their TVs after the <laughs> after the office finished airing. Um, but I was like, no, like I genuinely wanted to watch a sitcom about motherfucking community college while I was at while I was at college, and that's how I remember that that show came out in two thousand nine because I was a junior in college. Mm-hmm. And how old were you, Alex? In 2009, Just, let's see. You know what? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even Sound of youth yet. over there. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> sorry. This is rude. If you want to share how old you were in 2009, you, you know, um, like, don't let me stop you. Let's see. I was in high school, so. Like... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this is, so, a little behind the scenes, like, we, we were, we record on Wednesdays every other Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Unless there's something and that happens. Unless there's something that happens. Yeah. And Elise and I basically had just, we're, we're like in the middle of finishing dinner. And then I remembered it was Wednesday and it was just kind of like, wait a minute, is this a recording night? And Elise was like, no, we, we recorded last week. I'm like, I don't think we did. <laughs> and so like, we were completely like. I was very insistent. I was very like, nope. We recorded last week. I'm going to sit here and watch this Sarah's Ed video and eat my Korean barbecue. Yeah, and as we and- were as we were having this conversation, Alex messaged us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, no, it is oh, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I was so wrong. I was so, I was so confident. There was a day last week where I, it was like a Tuesday and the entire day, I was just going around to my coworkers, like, at least it's Friday, right? And everybody was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? First of all, is this like a 90s office sitcom where you're just like, TGIF, am I right? Like, it looks like somebody's got a case of the Mondays, you say, on like Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I was just so insistent. I was in such a good mood. Uh-huh. All of my coworkers were like, why is she so happy? It's Tuesday. And yeah. I was like, because I legitimately spent the entire Tuesday thinking it was Friday. I was oh, like, dear. at least I'm off tomorrow. And it was like, my coworkers were like, um, <laughs> at least you have to be here tomorrow. <laughs> what, is, like, what the fuck? We don't work on Saturdays. <laughs> what is this? Uh, what is what? this? What Republicans think communism is? <laughs> what What is this? The... I don't know what show it is. Thirty Rock. So the the what a week, huh? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, Lemon, it's, it's Tuesday. It's Lemon, it's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah it's Thirty Rock. Yeah, so it was just like I was so insistent. I was so insistent the entire day, and I was like, it's Friday. I was just like, I love to double down when I'm wrong. God, I love to double down when I'm wrong. That's how you know. Like that's how you know that I'm actually wrong about something because if I'm kind of right about something, I'll be very like nervous. Uh-huh. I'm being like apologetic and be like, well, you know, this is what I heard. I'm not really sure. You know, mm-hmm. I'll use a lot of caveat kind of statements and I'll like yeah. soften yeah, my language. But if I'm fucking wrong, if uh-huh. I'm fucking wrong, I'm like, oh no, hell yeah, I'm right. Commit to the it. The earth revolves around the moon, bitches. <laughs> like, it's, very, it's a very like emphatic, like, this is it. This is the truth. Mm-hmm. And then somebody has to come to me and be like, Elise, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're an idiot. <laughs> and I just had to sit there and be like, so the, the earth doesn't revolve around the moon. And they're like, I don't understand who let you have a master's degree. <laughs> but it was clearly nowhere good. Mm-hmm. Anyway. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was kind. Of, we're 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 very much like not not prepared, not, not in the mindset, <laughs> not in the mood. We're doing it anyway. Fuck it. Uh, wow, let's do it live. Do it live. We'll do it recorded. Yeah, don't rate it. Man, anyway, you should uh, like and subscribe on <laughs> Apple Podcast or wherever you get your party, your your favorite podcast. <laughs> if you review it, we'll read it on the episode. Please, has, please has anyone us. ever has no, anyone has ever, ever reviewed us? No, we, we've never checked. You and we've I have gotten, never checked. We've gotten comments on. Um, on, on SoundCloud, the, on SoundCloud, but yeah. also bots. from bots uh, asking, "Oh, hey, I like your track. You want to yeah. hit up? You want to do a collab sometime?" Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Oh, uh, this sure. is a podcast, sir. <laughs> this is a Wendy's." <laughs> at one <laughs> point, this is a podcast. At some point, I would love to like just respond to them and try to like do a collaboration of like podcast <laughs> and trap hop. It's like, whatever the like a beat and it's like <laughs> boom boom sh- and then we just put it underneath the whole podcast Alex I'm, <laughs> just like on a loop. Alex I'm not sure how it would happen but I know that if you ever responded to any of those bots like it would immediately lead to your entire life savings being gone <laughs> I don't know how I don't All know $15 what $15 that we sent to our I don't know I don't know what the, the actual like process for that would be I just know you respond and like your bank account is just instantly empty. It's just well, Nick, it's a good thing I already paid rent this uh. month. So, <laughs> so you're Jokes saying that you. bank, your bank account's already empty. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's like when the hacker hacks into your account and they'd be like, hey, fam, do you do you need some help? Like <laughs> <laughs> Do you want do you need fifty bucks? It's fifty bucks. It's like yes, I do actually. <laughs> to spend on drugs. I mean, uh, God, Twitter. Can we talk about Twitter for a second? Sure. Yeah. Now that we're both a bit more on Twitter than we were like two weeks ago. God, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a Twitter account since t- 2015 or something. I like. I went months without tweeting. Years without tweeting, and then uh-huh. like. The last, like, year, I've just been like, what's going on on the discourse? Mm -hmm. And, like, there was this whole tweet thread today that kept getting, like, shared and reshared about this guy talking about how, like, this millionaire woman who had, like, a self, had, like, a portrait done by Andy Warhol. Mm -hmm. So, like, stupid rich stiffed him on, like, $300. Mm. Because she was supposed to, like, pay him for like computer lessons or something. And she like never did. And then like the subsequent tweet thread was just like, apparently it's like a thing for like old rich people will just sit on their brownstones in New York mm-hmm. on like, they'll just sit on the the stoop of their brownstones with like a paper cup out doing their crossword puzzles, and people will think that they're homeless and throw them change. <laughs> and they're like, this is passive income. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's like one of those things where I'm like, you know, if I had a nickel uh, for mm-hmm. every time I read this tweet on this kind of tweet on Twitter, I'd have two nickels. But it's fucking weird that it happened <laughs> twice. Like, what the fuck, rich people? What? The- and then it's like, but then it's like, you don't want to like,
like just go around assuming like every you know person without a home or every person that's on the street is like actually a rich person in disguise like you don't want to live real life like that 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 sounds that sounds like a like a one person thing that like is done to completely try and discredit giving money to to house like it's probably just like (laughs) one person and everybody's like i knew this one person that they're all talking about like the same Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the same rich asshole (laughs) and then to use that as an excuse to never give any charity to anybody ever again right um uh, anyway, I just that was something I needed to share about mm-hmm. Twitter. Now, see, uh, which I'm is a garbage place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Twitter is pretty garbage. Although I'm in like trans Twitter, and it's a pretty nice place. That's good. So, yeah, it's just yeah. I think that's all of social media. You just have to have like the right people mm-hmm. on your on your timeline at mm-hmm. all times. So because I'm like a an old. <laughs> elder millennial or whatever the fuck we're calling geriatric millennials like thanks i'm 32 Uh, you're not yet 40 okay it's (laughs) not you're not that (laughs) but like you know i spent a lot of time on facebook um Mm -hmm. and so it's like i have found those communities on facebook that are really great and positive places Mm -hmm. but i'm like i don't want to spend that kind of time on twitter like i just don't Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i went through my Instagram is like a very positive place. My Instagram feed is very like I you follow a lot of like therapist and body positivity accounts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a very nice, like wholesome place for me to go. I like Facebook. It's like fun meme tag groups. I don't understand Twitter. And it's weird because it's like I remember the day that like Twitter came out. Mm-hmm. And it was somebody, it was like a person that was like two years ahead of me in college who was just like, no, this is the future. We're all going to connect. And it was like, it was such a Cassandra moment because like, I remember, and she was like, yeah, no, like I spent, I spent hours on my Twitter profile. I got like, I HTML that shit. So it's like very specific back when you could do that on Twitter and everybody didn't have like just the same generic profile. Um, she was like, I HTML'd, I've been DMing people. This is how we're all going to get jobs. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, whatever, this sounds stupid. I love Facebook. (laughs) It was such a Cassandra. And that, like that person I'm pretty sure is like, she, she has like a rock star job in publishing, Mm -hmm. like, and she got all of her jobs through Twitter. And like over it, like like she was like a successor, and she was just like she tried to warn me. She tried to warn me. And she was like, "No, this is the thing. This is the thing you have to be a part of." And me just being like, "That sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." And now I'm like, and oh, now you're fuck. entrenched. Now you're doubling down I, on that. I know. <laughs> yeah, fuck Twitter. <laughs> yeah, way for the future. My ass. Facebook's words. <laughs> I, I mean, like, you say that, and that was, like, literally my reaction when I first heard about Twitter. I'm like, so so I was basically like, <clears throat> so it's, it's uh, Facebook, com- like, uh, like, status updates, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just status the status updates of Facebook. It's not only, like, status updates, it's people you don't know and don't care about. Well, like... Like that was the thing. It's like, you know, this is not, this is not 2021 Twitter. Like we're talking mm-hmm. 2009 when nobody was on it. Okay. Right. Like okay. when it first originated. Okay. 
Like that's what we're fucking talking about. And, and like nobody was on it except for like a bunch of celebrities and academics. And I think it was even like before the celebrities came in or before like the A-listers came in. Like it was a lot of B-tier kind of weirdos. Before the blue check mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before, like way before the blue check mark. And so it was just like, like why I don't give a shit what like Chrissy Teigen ate for lunch. Like why would I care? Why would I go on this website? And yeah, and it's just being like, no, this is where the discourse is going to happen. And now I live in goddamn 2021 mm. and I wish she was wrong. I wish this I do not wish this person ill Mm -hmm. she is very fabulous she's clearly living her best life Mm -hmm. good for her but like holy fucking shit I wish she was wrong (laughs) I mean for me Twitter is just the place where funny screenshots come from it's the same thing as Tumblr it's like there aren't any actual human beings on that site it's just the website that generates the funny screenshots. Tumblr I see on my Facebook feed. Tumblr was a was like a whole thing. Like I was on Tumblr back. Oh, because like, you were a fucking child. I'm yeah, sorry. back in like 20, 2013. And yeah, so. we were like adults at that point. Uh-huh. Like we were well adults. So like we weren't on fucking Tumblr. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but like the other weird thing. Sorry, I have one more like weird origin of Twitter story. Mm-hmm. Um, so like on the opposite end of that. There was this idea that like Twitter was going to be kind of an accessibility thing. Mm -hmm. So like, I remember my sister setting my dad up with a Twitter because my dad, you know, he's a, he's a boomer kind of guy. He doesn't have a lot of dexterity. And so there was this idea of like, Oh, you know, if dad needs to like send out a group text, we can all follow him on Twitter and he can like type at us. <laughs> so, cause he could man, like he's, he can manipulate. We've since gotten him an iPad and it's fine. And now he could just text through the iPad. Mm-hmm. And so this is like no longer an issue, but there was like a time, right. Where it was this idea of like, Oh, you could sit at your laptop and you could like text something out to like your favorite people and like all of, and so I remember like we all got like a mass text one day that was like from Bruce's Twitter and the text in the tweet was like, I need somebody to go to the store for me and get some black licorice jelly bellies. (laughs) And that was, that my hand to God, that was the first tweet I ever read. (laughs) Before anything else, I was just, I need some black licorice jelly bellies. Which also uh, my father needs to be stopped because who the fuck is eating black licorice jelly bellies? We need to we need to find this tweet. We need to resurrect it and make it the machine. Yeah. Well no, does he still have a Twitter? Or did someone delete it? I don't know. I really hope to God somebody deleted it. Because <laughs> that tweet is still out there if nobody's deleted his account. I don't feel like my dad used it because, like, instead of becoming like the Trump administration, <laughs> instead of like making him like a radicalized alt right person that I could never talk to again, actually like turned him into way more of a progressive. Right. Oh, we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah, where yeah, it's, yeah. Like, my dad like became like double down on like environmentalism. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and like everything like that so I'm like I'm pretty sure he never used it because mm-hmm. like there is a distinct pipeline of like there's sure. the QAnon pipeline right, right, right. On, on Twitter and social media and so I'm just like I'm just assuming that like 
the last tweet he ever sent out was about those goddamn jelly bellies. I don't know if any of us ever got them for him. All right. But if also, do you think he is the kind of uh, person that would have the technological acumen to delete his account? Oh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> Someone else might have done it for him. <laughs> right? okay. like, there might have been like a tweet purge or something, like a Twitter purge. Oh, gotcha. Shame. Um, or my sister was like, we just, you know what? We're just going to deactivate <laughs> this for him. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, just, we're done here <laughs> this was not what i thought it was going to be god i feel like yeah the 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 efforts to like bring older generations into the digital age is always like really interesting like i remember back in the days before every household had a computer ah this is the back in my day thing that, well old. <laughs> no, no, well, no, because I, because I like I was a little kid, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a computer, and like most people that I knew had a computer, mm-hmm. but my grandmother didn't have a computer. But and we like, and we didn't want to like teach her how to use it. But like emails, like family, family email chains, right? That like, sort of thing. There's a picture of your like grandchildren. So mm-hmm. there was a moment in time. <clears throat> where there was a there was a market for things that weren't computers but could just receive email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's all it did. Mm-hmm. Like it was a little it looked like a little like keyboard basically that had a little itty bitty screen. Like it wasn't a crackberry. Yeah. No, it was it was like a full size keyboard that mm-hmm. had a little screen coming out of it, like a little LCD screen mm-hmm. that would show you your email account and nothing else. Oh goodness! Um, we and we've just given like, all the boomers that. Yeah, well, one of my one of my uncles got that for for my grandmother one year for Christmas because like that was the year that everyone started just doing like. That was that was when when email was like social media and everyone would just get um that uh everyone's free to wear sunscreen chain email that everyone said was George Carlin even though it wasn't George Carlin or whatever <laughs> like you would like it would just be one chain email that would be passed along and everyone would get it like three times a year like yeah Speaking and grandma of- needs to be a part of that. So we need to buy her this. How, how will grandma know to wear sunscreen? God damn it. Yeah. So, so you talking about that reminded me uh, of when I was like in elementary school in like, what, like 2000, 2001, something like that. Yeah. That was around the same time that this happened. Right. So there was something that we had in class that was like similar. It was like just a keyboard, but it was like a dictionary. Mm. And it was like it had on the little screen, like you typed up the word that you're looking up and have the dictionary definition of it or something like that. And it was like, no, no, it wasn't. It was like an actual word processor. It was just like you only could read like a sentence at a time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much exactly what this thing looked like. And they, they gave it to like third graders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, sure. That's, that's where my brain went. And yeah. I made the connection. And now I heard it. <laughs> I mean, like, I just. I'm talking. I'm participating in the podcast. No, no, I'm just. I'm saying like there's a lot. Like when I, I wasn't. I wasn't saying sure to kind of dismiss what you were saying. I'm just right, saying right. sure at the existence of these things. Like there was a period of time mm-hmm. where people were just like, well, computers are too complicated. So mm-hmm. what if we just take a gigantic like 
like full size keyboard and turn it into a fucking speaking spell. Right. Like, is there a market for this? Are there people who need it? And the and answer is no. The answer, <laughs> the answer was third graders and grandmas. Yeah. <laughs> they desperately needed this technology. Uh, I think the coda to the, the story that I was telling, though, is I don't think my grandmother ever took the thing out of the fucking box. I don't I think, love that. I don't oh, think it ever got used. I think mm. one of my uncles like set up an email address for her, and I don't think she used it once before she died. <laughs> like, But then these things happened. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah, then smartphones happen. And then smartphones happen, and now it's like, well, fuck it. Like, I, oh, man, I was just thinking about that. Like, if my grandparents had lived to see smartphones, would they use one? Would they have even used the cell phone? Because my last grandparent died in like two thousand. Mm-hmm. So I like, mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. My grandma uses my 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 maternal grandma uses a smartphone. I don't yeah. know about my my other grandparents. I mean, she would have been like. I don't know, like 80, 80 something by the time the first iPhone like became a thing. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. My grandparents, my grandfather doesn't. I my grandmother does. Yeah. <sighs> I Which know. I think is a very like interesting gender dynamic. Mm. Um. Yeah, I don't think my grandpa would have ever gotten around to using something like that, but my grandma definitely does. Uh, and I can understand that. Like like they both had a computer, like they both had a laptop. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like my grandma was the only one that ever really used it. Well, cuz it was like it's how it's being framed, right? It's being <laughs> framed as like this is a tool for you to connect to your family, connect yeah. to your grandchildren, and that's like it predominantly falls on on moms and like women to like do that kind of work right mm-hmm. to like make mm-hmm. sure that like the family is still being connected all for all these years and so it's like yeah i think that there there's kind of like a gendered line more so and like i i don't think you see it with boomers because like they no they've been definitely like with it with technology but like the silent generation yeah mm-hmm. for well, sure boy boomers though like they were really like early adopters of like at least yeah. for Facebook um, when it became available. So why we have all those goddamn minion memes? Yeah. Thanks for that. Boomers. But it's like, cause it was marketed to them as now you can find everyone from high school that you haven't like thought about in 40 years. Yeah. And like, I'll be goddamned if my parents didn't use it for exactly that. And yeah. we're like, Oh yeah. Like I actually have friends again. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like, yeah. Okay. And the, the like the really insidious thing, if we want to go down this line, and like the the really like like insidious shit about that is like that's exactly how QAnon like got got a following mm-hmm. is like, hey, you know, sixty year old man, this person that you have not thought about since you were eighteen years old. Like, is now sharing all this information about, like, fucking adrenochrome. Are you interested in reading it? And it's like, well, considering I haven't had an actual, like, in-person friend in the last four decades of my life. Yes, I would absolutely be interested in socializing with this person over adrenochrome. It's such a shame that, like, the idea of adult friendships just is not, like, something that is either feasible or, or something that's thought that can happen. I I don't know if that's true anymore. Well, I, I mean, th- not amongst our generation, but like, the, again, 
That's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying. Is like like social media, like the good aspects of social media is that you know it has allowed our generation to kind of stay friends and like make new friendships mm-hmm. that we would never have otherwise yeah. made. Um, because like, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I'm sure everyone on this podcast has similar stories, but like there are people who I am friends with and I've been friends with since I was 14 years old and I'm only friends with them because of the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's the kind of thing that where like our generation is like the first generation that was able to do something like that. And then like older generations, like you got to be 30 and you know, you, or you like, or let's say you left college and the only friends that you had were like, maybe your spouse, if you were lucky. And then like a few people from work. And then maybe you find one or two other people to like do adult shit with on the weekends. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's two things that are kind of at play here. I think it's, one and you bring up a good point with like the nature of work and how work has changed right Mm -hmm. um and it's also and there's okay so there's two things going on here um there's another gendered aspect which i know is everybody's favorite thing to talk about (laughs) but um (laughs) like where am i going to this so there's there's two things at work um one is the nature of work so if you think about like boomers we're still of that generation where maybe you're going to have two, maybe three jobs, but you're sticking with something for a really long mm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Like my parents are kind of unusual in the fact that like my dad was in the military for 15 years mm-hmm. and then he got a job, a bureaucratic job. And worked for the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth, excuse me, the Commonwealth, the Commonwealth of Virginia for like nearly 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And or maybe over 20 years. I don't, I don't know. But it was like that was that was kind of it. Like that was his working life. That was the majority of his working life. Now a days, my mom was very similar. Like she, you know, my mom is very similar in the fact that like she worked the same kind of job, you know for two decades or she worked at the same place for two decades, even if she changed positions within that company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you're making a lot of your connections and friendships at work, like that's kind of your center. You have those kind of long staying relationships. And then the problem happens when you retire and now it's like, well, I worked at the same place for 20 years, but now I no longer, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 years, however it was before you retired. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have those same kind of connections in the rest of my adult life because I didn't, you know, the the, the world was not set up to foster mm-hmm. adult relationships and it wasn't a thing that was actively encouraged, right? Mm-hmm. Because also there is, and then the second part of this is versus the way millennials work, where a lot of us hop from job to job Um, there's a lot more gig economy because we've all been fucked by capitalism. And so you're, uh, you tend to one meet way more people Mm -hmm. and then you have more access to the internet. So you meet way more people where, because of the way that capitalism has fucked us over, we tend to delay those other markers of adult life, like 
you know, marriage and children and homes that kind of eat up a lot of your time and resources. And so we were the first generation that's kind of had to have adult relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Had to prioritize adult friendships. And that actually is what spurred a lot of academic research into the field of friendship, Mm -hmm. um, which wasn't something that was particularly well studied until the 20 teens. And you had a bunch of like, you had a bunch of fucking malaised millennials <laughs> like putting all of their time and effort into their adult friendships. Right. And then researchers, mostly Gen X researchers were like, I guess there's something to this. I think we should look into this. And then kind of finding that like the quality of friendships. And now that they know that like the quality of friendships actually has a very profound impact on your quality of life. It can help you in many ways, it can help you live longer because surprise, surprise, humans are community-based animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we live in packs. Yeah. Um, and so so there's that. And then the one other part is the I just want to say is like a gendered aspect in which friendships tend to be seen as very feminine, mm-hmm. you know, and our dads were very much of that generation of like the silent man and like you you know what I mean like they're it just it wasn't as much of there wasn't as much of an emphasis um and so like as much as gender is a social contract that contract affects the way that we have social relationships does that make sense that makes sense and I also I yeah that does make sense I do also want to add on to that a little bit yeah um so so like I was talking about my grandma um, yeah. And since she retired and, and moved to a whole other place, like she lived, they lived almost their entire life. And well, that's not true. They, they lived their entire married life in like the DC, Maryland area. Yeah. And then when they're, when they retired, you know, they lived there for a little bit longer. And then when we moved down to this area, they moved with us. Yeah. Uh, and essentially my grandma, like found friends in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah and like they like they have a weekly mahjong game and they have yeah. like you know these different you know times that they get together and they hang out you know pre-covid and all but like well, i guess even after covid they they still play mahjong to... whatever <laughs> um <laughs> but like um and then like like uh i think 2019 uh like her and like three other friends of hers from the neighborhood like rented like a cabin out in the woods and like went there for like a weekend. Yeah. And and just like did this, this like sleepover slumber party out in the woods. And it's like, they're, they're in their seventies and eighties and even older. Uh, and they're, you know, able to find the time and the ability to find community in their neighborhood and to form these friendships that I think are doing a good thing for her. Yeah. Uh, especially since my grandpa passed. Um, so anyway, I just kind of wanted to add that into. To yeah, that. no, and there there are people, and you know, like my dad. Sorry to keep picking on my dad. Now that my dad's like retired, it's like he's. <laughs> I'm gonna share this story. Okay. Yeah, no, fuck it. I'm gonna share this. Oh, story. I know this story. That's why I'm podcast. giggling. So oh dear. It's like really, really funny. Like my dad. I love my dad. He's a uh-huh. great guy. Uh-huh. Um, he's not. God, he's never going to listen to this. This is fine. No. Um, and we only have like 10 <laughs> listeners, so who cares? Um, but like, he's not like a super macho or masculine guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's, he like loves the environment. He loves animals. Like he's, you know. He's very soft-spoken. He's he's a little soft-spoken, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's just a sweet and wonderful guy. Um, 
and like my family is super duper Catholic. I'm not, but like my family and my parents are very, very Catholic. And it's really funny because like, like fucking Catholicism is like gender norms on roids. Like it is, it is like roid raging, like steroid raging gender roles. Mm -hmm. And so there are like different uh, like men's and women's groups and there's like a very famous men's group called the Knights of Columbus. Right. And like they're called the fucking Knights of Columbus. And like you can rank up and get like swords and shit. It's so stupid. Is this like an MMO? It's like, what? yeah. <laughs> they're it's like, like going out back and punching each other. No, it's it's like if, if an MMO were like the fucking uh, Freemasons. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but like. But, like, the only people who were interested in playing were people like, uh, fucking, oh, God, what's that twerp's name? Um, the fucking, um, Nick Fuentes. Like, if the only people who played it were Nick Fuentes, that's the kind of MMO that it is. Oh, my God. I'm having to look this person up. Oh, you're in for a treat. And by in for a treat, I mean in for horrible anti-Semitism and white nationalism. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, no. So the fucking, the fucking white. So anyway, that's like the Knights of Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny. And like, I really like, I guess we thought that like my dad was going to become more involved with them. <laughs> Is your dad a member? Yeah, he was. He was a member for a really long oh, time. Okay. Him and my brother both. They oh, okay. were like, members for years i think my dad was bothered by the fact that he had to like pay him for membership mm. into this like men's social club that checks out and um that like really because my dad's also probably secretly an anarchist and like has never fully admitted that to himself <laughs> and so like instead you know like you do when you're retired and you're catholic you start going to like daily mass and start like joining the walking groups and the Knights of Columbus and like whatever it is. And so instead, like the group that my dad has found himself like knee deep in <laughs> is the rosary making club <laughs> that meets at my parents' church <laughs> where they're just like, <laughs> and it's all these like Filipino grandmas. Right. So it's just like a big group of like Filipino grandmas, like sitting there, like in the church, like in like the the church, like clubhouse or whatever. I don't know what it is. It's like they have some sort of like den area that you can like go hang out in. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's them and my like six foot tall white dad from New England (laughs) with like a kind of a Boston accent going like, oh, yeah, I need some more of those rosary beads. Are are you done with the decade beach? Cause I need three more on my rosary. And that was the crib. That my dad said that's my dad's friends. Okay, well that's good. That's my dad's friends. That's who he hangs out with. Uh, so take that, John Mulaney. <laughs> so the John Mulaney quote, which is like, "Your father doesn't have friends." Your mom has friends and those friends have husbands. And it's like, no, my dad, my dad has friends. He has his his pack of rosary making grandmas that he meets with once a week. I'm sorry. I don't know why. Did I tell it better? 
No. Because I feel like I'm the only one that is like laughing hysterically. <laughs> I at mean, this. I was laughing hysterically at it before because <laughs> I've heard the story several yeah. times before. So I got my laughing out of the way sooner. Fair enough. Because I thought I think it's fucking hilarious. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's like he can't be a part of like the big macho like the dude thing that you're supposed to go into, and instead he's like, no, I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna make a rosary. It's also, I think it's sweet. I like, I think it's it's nice. It's also, I think it's just funnier if you know Elise's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because it's like, yeah, no, that checks out. It's kind of of the way that it comes across. It's one of those things that it's like, it's not really funny, funny. It's just kind of funny in the sense of, yeah, that makes so much sense that it's kind of ridiculous. That's that's the way that, yeah. that that's how nah, that's I why I think you. it's funny. So you know, you go to daily mass, you get a cup of coffee, and then you make a rosary. And this is how you get into heaven. <laughs> you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have like uh, little round table discussions about the like like Bible discussions with the the priest. The priest tells the... you what to think, Alex. Come okay. on now. We're not we're not fucking Episcopalians here. Uh, that's, that's, that's a Jewish <laughs> thing. It's like every no, I've been to I've been to um Sabbath services, so I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. Anyway, so with like a reconstructionist just, temple, where it's like, and what do you think? It's like, no, I, no, no, no. <laughs> the the priest does the thinking; you do the listening. That's how nah, Catholicism works. That's how Catholicism works. That's that's how mafia works. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think so many mafias come from Catholic countries? That's a good point. Like, there's like a reason, right? Where there's no like. New like like a uh, Connecticut mafia. It's like oh, no. I'm sure there it's is. The, like no, it's okay, just it's... rich people at that point. Like you know, <laughs> we don't need protection. We like yeah. There's a New England mafia. It's called the it's called the governments of New England states. <laughs> right there's a new england mafia it's called the board of trustees of yale <laughs> there you go i was going to say but there's an irish mafia in new england but then it's i'm like Boston. oh wait but yeah. catholics they're catholic yeah like yeah like you want to talk about like new jersey it's like they're all italian yeah. like i try to think of like a, a stereo- ukrainian yeah, they're they'd be they'd, they'd be like, Eastern Orthodox though. Uh, yeah, be, there are Eastern Orthodox mafias. I yeah. feel like, but that's also but a very similar. It's like close the enough. priest, the priest does the thinking; you mm-hmm. do the listening. So, if, like, yeah. if that is the religion that you're following, just, the priest it's does a breeding the ground for me. The, the, the priest can get married, but he yeah. still does yeah. all the thinking. Yeah. Well, like you're just you're being indoctrinated yeah. right mm-hmm. into this feeling yeah. of like I don't have to think for myself. There's always going to be a bigger fish up the chain that I can blame shit on. See, it says we invented bureaucracy. My people invented bureaucracy. It is, it is considering baffling. the number of like different religious like, um, like like ways of thought that spawned from Catholicism and yeah. like from Orthodoxy. Like, it's weird that that's what's left. <laughs> but like, I guess that's what's it, left when all the dissidents go other places. Yeah, and other things. It's so it like I I I keep this is like the second time this week that I've brought it up. But yeah, it's it's just so weird to me that like the same like history of religious thought has brought us both the Catholic Church and also that group of Taiwanese a- anarchists. Mm-hmm. That are like, oh yeah, like so like the missionaries came to Taiwan and were like, 
yeah, so this is what Christianity is. And then the people living in Taiwan were like, oh, so that means that like we're all equal and like anyone trying to put themselves closer to God is wrong. So we should all just like have equal rights and equal say in things. And the missionaries went, what? No, no, that's not what that means. And they're like, no, I'm pretty sure that's what you just told us. And they've just been living in anarchist communes, like governed by Christian like theology for the last 200 years. I mean, there's there's a lot of like religious movements that end up that way, and they yeah. usually end up getting squashed. But it, it, I mean, it's not unique to Christianity. There's like yeah. the um, oh no, but there's like a Zoroastrian kind of uh, I forget the name Man- Manchianism, Some, Ma- something Manichaeanism, Manichaeanism. I think that was kind of like a proto like egalitarian kind of movement. There was several in it's it's just like it's it's a thing that that comes up, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's a wild that's a wild story. Um, or we can have mafias. Or, we can or have mafias. you could have mafias. Uh, I can't explain the yakuza though. That's like the one that I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, but there's also like you know, apparently, did you listen to Behind the Bastards? Was it last week? No, I I have been. I have a completely other podcast that I have that's, been yeah, that's absolutely true. consuming. Oh, I have been, been listening to a podcast too. We should all talk about our should podcast. We, should we this be the episode where we tell you better podcasts to listen to <laughs> than ours? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. Well, the, the Behind the Bastards, before I forget my, the point I was trying to make, the Behind the Bastards, I think it was two weeks ago, um, was about uh, the fascist that created modern Japan that like basically this this ex fascist like Japanese fascist mm-hmm. when the United States basically you know like took over Japan and made them rewrite the constitution mm-hmm. he was kind of on the ground floor of like well I guess we're like like social democrats now but we're still gonna believe really fashy things was that the guy that had like the communist guy stabbed I believe so yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember is all this stuff, but the thing that, the thing that there are two things that I really remember about the episode, cause it was a few weeks ago at this point. First of all, um, there was like a fight among Japanese fascists and a fascist porn star in Japan stole a plane and kamikaze bombed, like literally in the 1970s hmm. did a kamikaze attack on this guy's house. And the guy survived. Oh, God. Um, That is one thing I remember. The other thing that I remember, though, is that, like, apparently the Yakuza were also super fashy because of, you know, just honor ties and, like, like, strong commitment to, like, hierarchy and, like, listening to authority and all that stuff. So apparently, like, the Yakuza was a big supporter of, like, Japanese fascist movements, mm-hmm. like, throughout history. Honestly, it checks out. Makes but sense. not your protagonist of your Yakuza game. Yeah, no, no, not him, because he's just, the, like, a, like, big, like... Himbo. Gentle, gentle himbo, who never hurts anyone, except for all the countless random people you beat up on the street. <laughs> the, those games are great, but they have so much fucking just, like, ludonarrative dissonance of, like, no, like, he's so gentle, and he would never hurt anybody, and then just random people pick fights with you on the street and you just absolutely demolish them. It's like a fucking Pokemon game, because it's like, like <laughs> a, but instead of, like, a wild ratatat, it's like, 
a wild street thug wants yeah. to pick a fight with you. Oh, it's like the this drunk salary man yeah, wants to salary. fight you on the street. It's like, okay. Um but dun, dun, dun. Oh, there was one more thing, which is that the 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 party that the that the this ex fascist created. Do you remember based, the guy's name? I don't um don't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to okay. look it back up. But like the party that he created after like the constitution was rewritten has and that he essentially ran through the rest of his life like he was basically the head of this party like through the 70s or the 80s um has only been out of power for a total of like 6 or 7 years since Japan as a modern nation has existed huh um so that's kind of fucking terrifying anyway Okay, so, yeah. so so the LDP, no, that's the one that's currently in power. So I guess the, I guess the LDP. I think it was the LDP. I I, I don't remember. Yeah, the Liberal Democratic. Party. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's what you've been listening about lately. That's one of the um, things I've been listening to. One yeah. of the things. Okay. Um, so I I found and binged through uh, season one season of uh, a podcast you may have heard of called Blowback. I have. Heard I have of not heard of Blowback. Have you? Uh, so you've not heard of it. You have. Have you listened to it, Nick? Or have you I have not. No. Okay. So Blowback is a podcast about. Um, well, it's a. I guess I guess you could say it's a podcast about colonialism. Um, the season one was about the Iraq War. Mm. Okay. And like the, um, you know the all you know, the lead up to it, like the situation in Iraq, you know, with the Gulf War and the sanctions in the '90s, and like how America is chomping at the bit, and how they, you know, the Bush administration was able to convince a nation to go to war with Iraq against its will. Um, and then like what how that panned out and how that played out and it was really interesting because like you know i was a child when that was happening like i was 10 years old in 2003 so like my my understanding of it was always kind of you know through a child's perspective you know maybe watching the news at night but that didn't of course get me the full picture and it was interesting to to look at it from that from the the full perspective uh, it's uh, hosted. The podcast is hosted by one of the former Chapo people. Um, oh yes, that's right. Yeah, that is why I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It's uh, hosted by uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Brendan James, and co-hosted by Noah Cohen. Um, yeah, yeah. He was the pro- the guy who was the producer. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so season one, uh, 10 episodes about the uh, Iraq war with several bonus episodes interspersed therein. Uh, season two is uh, what well, I just kind of started that today. And that is about the uh, uh, the Cuban revolution and America's interventions in Cuba, like, you know, through the 60s and the whole, you know, afterwards, the whole embargo, the Cuban Missile Crisis, everything about Cuba, like it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting yeah um, have you started listening to uh american prestige i have not no uh, I, I, I recommend you check that one out too it's a weekly podcast mm-hmm. that's about uh the like just american 
foreign policy in general. So there's like a little 30 minute thing at the beginning where the hosts just kind of, cause they're both like professors who like, who study foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first like 30 minutes or so is usually about like, okay, here's what happened this week in terms of what's going on with foreign policy. So there's been a lot of talk about what's been going on in Afghanistan recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they usually have like an hour long interview with a guest after that. Um, and that's the stuff that I find really fascinating because they bring in people who are like experts in like climate change mm-hmm. or um, like experts at a particular country. And they just kind of have this really interesting conversation about one aspect of like how American foreign policy is shaping the world right now. And it's really fascinating because you never hear like mainstream politicians really debate foreign policy questions anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that you really get information about most of the time. Um, And so I've been like, I've taken to listening to it every week. Like I've it's, it's, only started fairly recently and I've kind of been following it since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like the hosts are both really knowledgeable. Um, they're both pretty far to the left. I think they were also people who are kind of in the Chapo orbit. Like they have the Chapo people like um, they've had Matt Christman on a few times for like some mm-hmm. of their sillier episodes. Yeah. They, they, they are pretty funny, but like, the the interviews that they do with like actual like serious experts are the ones that I really enjoy. Like right. they're they're very interesting and it's like, oh shit. Like I didn't know that this was even happening because nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. Because foreign policy is not up for debate in this country. Right. Like yeah. both the, parties kind of toe the line on what American like imperial foreign policy looks like. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I recommend checking it out. Yeah, okay. I, I will take a look at that. It looks like not much has been released so far, so... No, um, like I said, it's weekly, and it started, like, it started this year, so... I've also, I've also been, uh, I've, I've had to stop listening to It Could Happen Here, because I was Oh, just, God, yeah. I was yeah. just getting too depressed. Um, I did, I have been, speaking of more uh, podcasts from the Chapo kind of, uh, school of thought, the chat, uh, Matt Crispin thought, um, is, uh, Hell of Presidents. Did I did I talk about Hell of Presidents? I've heard of Hell of Presidents. I have okay. not really listened to it yet. It just finished. Like like I guess it's first season. Like it okay. uh, like it went from you know the founding of America and the uh, the institution of the presidency to the uh, election and institution of uh, Joe Biden, and it, like talks about how the institution of the presidency has changed. How it, you know what it was you know, at different points in history and what different presidents left on the position and how what could have been and what was and all, all this sort of stuff. It's very interesting to, to listen to. Uh, and like at the end, the last episode was also rather depressing because it's like, oh, this, uh, the, the present day, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like all the stuff or, you know, earlier on was all very interesting too. I want to hear how Taft fucked up. Taft Taft was an interesting fellow. Um, 
you listen to it if you're interested in like okay. American history and like you know you can you can focus on what it, you can like start wherever you want like if you have an interest in the era of good feelings or as they call it the era of good vibes like you, can, <laughs> you can just listen to that yes. if you want like if you're interested in like the progressive era yeah. like you can focus on that like so like does like each does each president get their own podcast or, or like episode or is it more no. like we're gonna group like these people together and we're gonna talk about like what it's, it's chronological so okay. like so it's not like each president gets his own podcast because you'd have like uh what was it um zachary taylor with like a mo- two months and like right right yeah not much to we're that. gonna do a deep dive into <laughs> who was that guy that was like president for 30 days because he like had a really long speech and caught pneumonia yeah um i forget but not, yeah. not tyler but the one right before tyler yeah Tip- old, old tippecanoe whatever his real name was uh but yeah. anyway um but yeah so so yeah they, they talk about the um was it william henry harrison i think so maybe sorry we're getting we're getting distracted it, what were we gonna it's say? fine no no it's fine um but yeah definitely uh check it out it it's an interesting listen. Uh, it was on Stitcher when it first uh, came out. I don't know if it's been released on other platforms yet. All right. Um, but yeah, so I listened to that. I also occasionally listen to Kill James Bond because... Yeah. I, <laughs> I was right. It was William Henry Harrison. Okay, there you go. Wait, I haven't heard of Kill James Bond. What's that one about? Uh, Kill James Bond is uh, about how bad the James Bond movies are. Fair enough. It's it's um, it's three trans oh. people talking about James Bond, uh, starting from the first Sean Connery film going up to the present, I guess. Oh wow! Um, and so like yeah, it's uh, well, it's it's uh, Abigail Thorne. Mm. Oh right. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so she's on there, and uh, uh, Alice uh, Caldwell Kelly, who's also on uh, what's it called? Uh, well, there's your problem, which is oh, like, oh, my yeah, favorite yeah. podcast. Uh, and then there's someone else on there uh, whose name is eluding me. And I I feel really bad for forgetting their name. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of because, like, I've never actually I, I've watched, like, maybe one James Bond movie. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I have seen talk- almost all of them. I then- like everyone else in my family went mm-hmm. through a James Bond phase where mm-hmm. I saw, like, I binged a bunch of them. So I'm actually, like, genuinely interested in listening to Yeah, you should And I have out. a perfect person in mind who also needs to listen to this yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so, I, you check it out. You they, know they, who you are. Yeah. They rate I, all of these movies based off of their their scum rating. Uh-huh. Which is for, uh, what was it? Uh, I'm forgetting what the S stands for, but there's... Sexism? Is it not... Sex- well, no, because the M is misogyny. Oh. Um, uh, so there's something. There's a C, which is cultural insensitivity. Um, there's the U, which is unwarranted violence. And then there's the <laughs> M, which is misogyny. I love um, it. I, I, will be, I will be completely honest. I know, like, James Bond movies are, like, absolute trash and just, like, mm-hmm. ideologically terrible. Mm-hmm. I still love them. <laughs> like, sure. like I love them. I love them because they're terrible. 
Sure, and I, you would be absolutely a perfect person to listen to this one. Uh, Devin is the the last person, no okay. last name given. Okay, uh, was the last uh, contributor to that. Um, so we got blowback, kill James Bond, a hell of presidents, mm-hmm. American prestige, American prestige. And what have you been listening to, Elise? Because you uh, had something yes, that you wanted to share. Yes. So I have been listening. I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I have now gone through. Um, the entire back catalog, which is very rare for me. I don't usually like when I find a podcast, I don't usually like go through and listen to the entire back catalog of it as well. Um, but I have listened to the entire back catalog of maintenance phase. Um, so maintenance phase with, um, with Aubrey Gordon, who is from yourfatfriend.com. Um, she writes for like a uh, self magazine. She's published a book. You're wrong about fat. Um, so it, it's a fat activism um, and anti-bias show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry. Time, uh, just I found out what the S stands for. It stands for smarm. Sorry. Ah, smarm. okay. Go back. That's, that's back. good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Back like to it. back to maintenance. Uh, so it's called maintenance phase. Um it's Mike, who is a contributor from HuffPo uh, for Huffington Post. And so they're both fat people and they're both queer and they talk about like different issues um, and basically kind of like how society over the last like hundred years or so has constructed fatness and how we regard fatness in society and its relationship. It's very tenuous relationship to health. Um, so they do a lot of kind of takedown episodes. Um, it's like you're wrong about, but uh, very much from uh, from just like focusing specifically on like that. Like the they do an episode on the BMI. Mm-hmm. Um, they do an episode on the presidential fitness test. Um, they do an episode on like the keto diet. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have several episodes about Oprah where they bring on a black professor who focuses on Oprah and actually like uh, researches Oprah's effects on things. Can you can um, you imagine being so powerful and influential that there's a professor dedicated to studying you while know, you're right? still fucking alive? Like holy right? shit! Right? It's so it's so fucking wild. Um, they talk about Doctor Oz. Uh, they talked about how like the biggest loser is fucked up, but then they also do these really interesting, like the one that I just listened to today uh, was where the obsession with like protein, like with macronutrients, but specifically protein. And there's a big crossover between that. And if you've listened to the behind the bastards episode about uh, the time that Nestle killed 10,000 babies, um, they do that and they do kind of a deep dive into like, why do we have this obsession with, with protein? And you kind of go into the history of it. And it's basically like a lot of our anti-fat attitudes, surprise, surprise are tied up with like colonialist narratives. They're tied up with a lot of racism. Hmm. They're tied up with a lot of misogyny. Um, And it's, it's really fucking fascinating. I highly recommend it. I also like, I will say like, I, love it as a fat person. I wish more straight sized people would also listen to this because mm-hmm. it does a really great job of kind of um, 
if, of kind of debunking this idea of like you can tell somebody's health by their weight or appearance mm-hmm. in a way that like we very much in our society give straight straight sized people a kind of pass um and how that kind of idea that that anti-fatness ideas in our society obviously they harm fat people and we have studies on that but they also harm thin people Mm -hmm. um and the kind of narratives around fatness and how that also like it also harms straight-sized people you know in addition in addition to fat people and it's really fucking fascinating if you like grew up in a culture of dieting it's really really interesting um they had an expert come on and talk about like anorexia and uh anorexia specifically in fat people which i think a lot of people don't realize like is a thing that happens um so it's it's just it's super great it's a really great podcast i highly highly recommend it so I like binge the entire, they talk about the wellness to QAnon pipeline and how like mm-hmm. a lot of people got drawn into QAnon via um, kind of like wellness circles. Mm-hmm. It's fucking fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. Well, as someone who every time I visit a doctor gets flagged on the overweight chart, I will mm-hmm. check that out. Hey, guess what? It's cause BMI is bullshit. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> spoiler alert for one of the episodes, but they talk about this in the BMI episode. Um, that, marker bmi um basically in the 90s a bunch of people became overweight overnight um because against medical advice Mm -hmm. they lowered the bmi threshold from like 28 to 25 Mm -hmm. and they did this because the studies were being funded by drug companies that had diet pills Oh boy. And so the idea was, oh, if we can low if we can convince more people that they're overweight, we can sell we that widens our market for diet pills. Uh, what a very normal and well-adjusted capitalism we have. Yeah, basically uh. like the whole thing is like the really and they joke about it a lot um cuz they're both pretty to the left. And they joke about like how really the tagline of the episode is, or the tagline of the series is like, it's actually capitalism's fault. (laughs) Like, like everything, like from the way that we eat to the kind of garbage nutrition advice that we're given to our obsession with weight, it all has, it all basically comes back to capitalism and colonialism. Mm -hmm. Like it's anyway, it's very fun, but they also do it in a nice, like fun I hate to say jovial because they talk about really serious, but like, you know, they, they know how to kind of lighten it up and like how to like, how to kind of breathe life into these really like serious and very like pertinent subjects. So I feel like that's right. kind of like on the opposite end. Y'all were like, here is like foreign policy and political. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, and James Bond. Yeah. And James, James Bond. Bond. That is true. I, that is I true. will say you kind of buried the fucking lead with that James Bond podcast, Alex. Cause I just looked it up. <laughs> Uh-huh. I just looked it up. Uh, you did not tell us that the the show also did episodes about uh, other kind of sort of related properties. Because so, those are the bonus episodes. I, I, I haven't I haven't paid for them to to listen to. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, but like Loop on the Third, mm-hmm. 
Name of the Rose, which is yeah. that one looks like that got unlocked. So I'm excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, because Name of the Rose is great. Cars 2 is also unlocked. Why are they talking about Cars 2? <laughs> because it's a spy movie. Why? It is. It is a spy movie. It's like a James Bond knockoff. Oh my god. Uh Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. This is great. Hunt for Red yeah. October. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Y'all, y'all check that out and let me know what you think. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to once again now that now that we're uh, officially in spooky season. Ooh, we've been in spooky season. Haven't you been paying attention? Yeah, I know. But now we're like super officially. Like it is. It's uh, past Maybon now. It was not. Past- <laughs> it wasn't past Maybon the last time we recorded, but okay. it is now. We can officially put the rubber stamp through that's now spooky is is valid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now that we're we're deep in the throes, nah. if you still have not listened to uh Old Gods of Appalachia, definitely recommend. You should listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's real good. <laughs> it's yeah, real I need good to podcast. I need to once again catch up on that. Yeah, like they're I... between seasons, it's the best time to do it. Yeah. I'm, that's one that I kind of want to get on the Patreon for because I want to check out the um, apparently the most recent Patreon exclusive stuff or the stuff that's about to come out for that's Patreon exclusive mm-hmm. is uh, is like set either in the 1990s or in the modern day. I can't remember what it was now, but okay. it's like like very interesting because like all the rest of the series has been like very late 19th century through like the 1930s. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing what they do with the same idea in a more modern time period. Sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. So we've just spent almost an hour talking about religion. (laughs) (laughs) No, we gave the people what we want. We can wrap it up now. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we haven't really done too much else over the last few weeks other than like we, we started rewatching King of the Hill. Weirdly holds up. Weirdly holds up. I think, I think my favorite jokes in the show that I didn't get as a kid is that, uh, is cotton like Hank's dad is like the most horrible person in every way Except for when it comes to race, in which case he's like weirdly the most progressive person on the show. Um, and they always set it up. They set it up to be like he's about to say like the worst shit you ever heard, mm-hmm. but then he does it. Um, like so if have you ever did you ever watch King of the Hill? No. Okay. I've so, seen like clips from it, I've seen uh YouTube poops from it. Okay. But so <laughs> so Hank's dad is like a, a World War II veteran mm-hmm. who who had his shins blown off by a Japanese machine gun in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. So he's just this like tiny little man who yells all the time and is like the most sexist, abusive father like ever in the history of anything. Mm-hmm. And the first time he comes in, he's introduced to uh, Hank's neighbor, who who's a Laotian man. But Hank doesn't know where Laos is or that okay. Laos is a country. So he knows that this guy is either Chinese or Japanese. Oh, dear. Um, and so he he introduces him and says that he's Japanese. And Cotton looks at him and is like, no, he ain't. He's Laotian. 
<laughs> and then the entire rest of the episode, even though he knows very well who he is, he just treats him like he's the help. Like the entire rest of the episode. So like, like in those ways, he's racist and awful. Yeah. But, but like, he's the only person. But he won't, like, they'll tow up. Yeah. I don't know. But like, so that, the in the race aspects, I don't think it holds up. I don't mm. think it holds up very well. No. But in the, um, like, the, we just watched an episode. The Christmas of- episode? or like um i was gonna say like the episode where uh connie who is the girl that lives across the street so she's like the girl next door um and connie wants to join the wrestling team and the way that like bobby and her figure out a way that they can like uh and then through like several mishaps and obstacles thrown at them via the adults in their lives uh they get pitted against each other and they had to kind of figure out a way to um to like sort of save face Mm -hmm. um and the way that like connie is presented as like a whole girl i think is really nice yeah you know it's like she's not overly girly she's not overly tomboyish like she's kind of a nice happy medium uh, the way that like Bobby's kind of eccentricities get treated um, throughout the show is good. Um, there's a lot of ways where like like Hank's just trying to be a better father. Yeah. Um, I love that like uh, Brittany Murphy's character Luann, who is like they, like always the funniest character. Uh, Brittany Murphy was so taken from us too soon. Like watching the show again, I just like every, every single line that she says just makes me lose my shit. Um, But I love like the way that she's portrayed in the show. Like, so there's like a lot of things like the race stuff. I don't think really holds water in 2021. Like I don't think it holds up. It could have been worse. Like that's how you watch it is like, Wow, this was made in the 90s and early 2000s. This could have been way worse. Yeah. I know. I think, but I think the thing that works with me for Cotton is it's like you just expect it to be so much worse. Like the joke is that he's actually not as bad with that as he is with literally everything yeah. else. Like um, the Christmas episode had one, had a joke about that because Hank's father or Hank's, Hank's mother, uh, because his parents were divorced. His mother is now uh, dating a Jewish man named Krasner. Mm-hmm. And when Hank's father meets him and he introduces himself, he goes, Krasner, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> it's just, I fought with one of your tribe in the Pacific. Oh, goodness. <laughs> just, you expect him to go on this horrible, like, anti-Semitic rant. And it's just like, no, he respects it. But that's like the one thing that he respects. Mm-hmm. It just hates everything about everyone else. Um, but like they have like a white dude is the voice of yeah, Han, and that's, he speaks yeah. in very broken English. Mm-hmm. And like, although a lot of the jokes are like, and although like a lot of the jokes are about like how much better and more put together Khan's family is than like the rest of the people on the block, it's still very like, ooh, it's kind yeah. of cringy. Yeah. Um, but then, then, like I said, like there's a, a lot of other episodes that are very like nice and heartwarming. And especially when it's like, this was kind of 
I like King of the Hill comes into its own as like the Simpsons is going into decline. And, like, I think around, isn't Family Guy kind of airing alongside of that? Yeah. And Family Guy, well, Family is, Guy was, like, a year after King of the Hill, or maybe two. Yeah. And so, you know, when you think about, like, what was on TV at the time, you're like, well, this is better. <laughs> but it's no Bob's Burgers, right? Like, it's, I still feel like Bob's Burgers in a lot of ways is kind of, like, the the peak the, of like adult like that style of like adult of animation the, okay yeah like the epitome like if you want like just a wholesome maybe for skip the first season um where they were trying to like find their way um but definitely starting the second season moving forward so family guy got started in 1999 okay uh and king of the hill got started in 1997 yeah okay so like two yeah two years mm-hmm and then, like, you would say, by 1999, like, Simpsons is definitely in its decline. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, that's, like, very solidly, like, kind of agreed. Like, there's some good episodes here and there, but that's kind of where it start it starts to lose its charm. And, you know, when you compare... When you compare Hank to um, Peter Griffin or to Homer Simpson, there's, like, he does feel like a more redeeming character. Um, it feels weird. He's, yeah, he seems a lot more like, like I said, I haven't seen the show. Yeah. But from what I understand of it, he seems a lot more grounded. Yeah. Yeah. And the show is a lot more grounded than those two mm-hmm. shows, to be fair, to be sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it definitely does hold up, I think, in some ways better than The Simpsons. Um, definitely better than Family Guy. Definitely better than Family Guy. Um, even when Family Guy was like still like decent. Um, I mean, I don't know when that was. I watched Family Guy when I was in high school. Yeah. And yeah. even now looking back at it, I'd be like, why the fuck was I watching that? The, I yeah. think I think the first season or two has like a handful of like pretty solid episodes. Yeah, but I was not in high school in 1999, Nick. So. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Well, neither were we. Okay, we're not that old. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What else have we been doing? Oh, I, there is a lot of games right now that are coming out uh, for uh, the, what is it? GZ's Doom. Uh, like the, the uh, uh, modern update of the Doom engine. So okay. uh, I played one... Are these like indie games that are yeah. making use of the okay? So I played one over the last month called Vomitorium. Okay. That's basically what if uh what if Metroid Prime but in the Doom engine, and also everything looks kind of like a Hieronymus Bosch painting. Okay. Uh it's it's good. It feels very unfinished, mm-hmm. but like the things that are there are great. If that makes sense. Like okay. the, the thing that I think would actually make that game feel way better would be if uh, enemies respond at certain points, mm-hmm. because it is one huge open map. And once you kill the enemies in a space, like they're just gone for the rest of the game. So, like, by the end, you're just hopping around this empty world, like, all right, I'm trying to find the last of the few collectibles, 
Mm-hmm. There's literally nothing else to do. Right. So you're just kind of running from one end of this empty map to the other. I will say that that is kind of like a vibe I get from like older games like that. And I, or I guess that's not an older game. That's yeah. a new one, but like games that are, in, you know, it's in, taking inspiration from like, I don't know. It's like, there's something to the kind of huge empty space of a 3d render or like a you know, pseudo 3d render right. in a game. That's like, I don't know. It's just, Oh, it's just appealing to me. It it would work better if the map weren't the size of like a Castlevania game or something mm-hmm. like that, where it's just like you have this huge area to get through. Like the entire game is like, I don't know, six or 10 hours altogether. Mm-hmm. And it is all one map. It's all one level. Mm-hmm. So like... And you like run back and forth a lot because like, oh, I found this item. Now I can get through this space that I couldn't get through before. Like it's, it's designed like a Metroidvania game in that way, but there's just nothing else to do as you go from this door, like this item that you just got to this door on the other side of the map that now you can go through because you have this new item that it does feel a little bit unfinished, but like the lore is great. The story is really good. The aesthetic is amazing. Like Mm -hmm. literally everything else about it is great. I can't wait to see what this person makes next because I think they have great ideas. And I think the limitation is just the fact that you tried to put an entire six hour game into a single doom map, even Mm -hmm. though it's a fucking huge doom map, like the limitations of, how that game works in terms of like enemy spawning. Um, it, it just feels like it feels a little like there could have been something else to it. Um, and there's another one that I was watching a review for today. I stopped watching it cause I didn't want to get into spoilers uh, called Hedon, I think H E D O N. Um, which is like a, more of a fantasy like kind of crystal punk setting um and the main character in that is uh is a half orc half demon muscle waifu so i'm also interested in it for that reason because it's like okay i'm i that is like not a kind of person like that's not a character that's usually in these kinds of games let alone as the main character what is his name again? I'm sorry. Hedon, I think is what it's called. H-E-D-O-N. Um, apparently there was like a, like a prequel that kind of came out for it. And then they turned, they made us a, a sequel. That's a much larger game. And then they just kind of lumped them both together now into like one big pack. Like it's like uh, the ultimate doom version of this. Um, okay. It's on steam for like, less than 20 bucks so i might have to pick that up at some point i still got other games that i need to finish so i'm not gonna buy it just yet um i'm still needing to go back and finish psychonauts 2 mm-hmm. uh, which i don't think i've talked about on the podcast yet but we'll- and speaking of horror games one thing that i want to try to play this october i haven't got it yet mm-hmm. uh is world of horror which i think we've talked about on yes the i have not played world of horror i i have heard of it but and it sounded very interesting to me but. yeah the jinjo ito inspired kind of text-based yeah yeah <sighs> all right anyway 
Yeah. So, is there anything else we want to talk about before we call it a podcast? Nah. Yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty much running out of steam at this point. All right, that sounds good. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, my name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. <laughs> we've, been, <laughs> we've been some nerds of a podcast. You all have a wonderful night. Good night, everybody. Bye.